Let's have a further word of prayer, shall we? <clears throat> Loving Father, we want to bless you once again and commit our time together unto your holy hands. We pray, Lord, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit amongst us. We pray that, Lord, we have your own way and teach us your words and prepare us, Lord, for the years to come. Help us, Lord, to be built up in the faith in Christ, who is the head of the body the master of the house. We give praise and honor to your name, and we want to pray that Christ will be exalted in our hearts. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Brothers and sisters, this morning, our topic is beware of the leaven of Herod. Beware of the leaven of Herod. Let's start by reading a short passage in the Bible. Let's read from Mark chapter 8, from verse 11 to verse 17. That's Mark 8, 11 to 17. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. Verse 13. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciple had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Verse 15. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive, nor understand? Is your heart still hard, hard, is your heart still hardened? Now, we know that in Matthew 16, which we've looked at previously, the Lord completed his answer by revealing to the disciples that he was not talking about physical bread or physical leaven, but that he was actually talking about the doctrine, the teaching, the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So by implication, we conclude that the same conclusion applies here. The Lord was not just talking about the physical leaven, the physical bread, the physical leaven of Herod, but he was actually talking about the doctrine, the teaching of Herod. In verse 16, the disciples reason amongst themselves, is it because we have no bread? Again, bringing down the whole teaching at a physical level. 
bread? But in a sense, the answer is yes. It was because they had no spiritual bread. You see, false doctrines will always flourish and achieve their purpose in a context of spiritual dryness, in a context of confusion and lack of the Word of God, because it is the Word of God that sustains genuine faith. So in a sense, spiritually speaking, yes, the Lord had spoken that to them, because they were kind of divided, not stable. And you can see the implication in Matthew 16, the Lord was reminding them, even here further down in this passage, don't you remember the multitude of people I fed, how I multiplied bread and all the leftover? So you see, there is a combined problem here. And these two problems will always be interlinked the problem of the scarcity the rarity of the word of god and the christ of faith the two are linked for faith comes by hearing by the hearing of the word of god so there's no faith without the word of god so the lord is rebuking them here that they lacked faith Spiritually speaking, there is this uh, untold link in this passage between the lack of discernment of understanding and lack of faith. How could the Lord have fed so many people before them and only a handful of disciples in a small boat would think that the Lord will not be able to do to replicate or to do such thing so in the context of this discourse from verse 11 the pharisees had asked for a sign to the lord they had asked for the sign we know from matthew 16 that the lord again rebuked them and saying no other sign would be given unto you except the sign of jonah and previously we shared about this, we shared about the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Sadducees from Matthew 16. So the biblical teaching on leaven is about removing and staying away from hypocrisy, lies, wickedness, deception, seduction, and tradition of men. Because these things here, are the things that entertain spiritual confusion and chaos amongst God's people. Yet we are told in the Bible that God is a God of order, not of confusion. So we should avoid mixing the word of God with any strange doctrine, any demonic, demonically inspired human philosophies. In the Old Testament, the leaven was to be put away, out of the houses even. And we are commanded to purge out the old leaven in the New Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, during the celebration of the feast, people were commanded to eat unleavened bread for seven days. 
But when it comes to the New Testament, we are called, we are commanded to celebrate Jesus Christ, our Passover, without leaven. So it's a permanent state of heart to celebrate, to live Jesus Christ in our lives without all these kind of things which are represented by uh, leaven here. The Lord warns us specifically against three types of leaven. The leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Sadducees, and the leaven of Herod. Specifically, we now know, as I've just said, that these are doctrines we are warned about. A Christian must be truthful and transparent. The Bible says, let our yes be yes, and our no, no. That's in Matthew 5.37. A Christian does not delight in half-truth. A Christian does not delight, delight in so-called white lies and confusing speech, which always suggest a lack of commitment. Well, I'm reminded a story of one pastor who had a problem with his members. Whenever the pastor said something, the church always replied, Amen, Amen. And the pastor was not sure what Amen meant, whether it was a yes or a no. So he decided to get around that problem. And whenever he said something from the pulpit, and when the church replied by saying amen, he added and asked them, is that a yes or a no? Because he wasn't sure about the attitude, about the state of people's heart inside. Because amen had become, you know, a confusing word. Yet in the Bible, amen means in truth. It's an affirmation of the truth. It's not a gray area. It's not a lack of commitment. So we are called to be transparent and truthful as believers. As opposed to the Pharisees who were hypocrites, who had a, who, who had a contradiction between the deep thought in their heart and the outward appearance they portray. The word beware appears for the first time in the New Testament in Matthew 7 verse 15 as a warning, as a serious warning against false prophets. The expressions take heed and beware are used 39 times in the New Testament and only twice these two expressions are used together. Take heed and beware. Well, when we shared about this uh, previously, uh, I mentioned to you that it's, 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 it's stronger in French. This expression is stronger in French. In French it says, Gardez-vous avec soin. Gardez-vous avec soin. Keep yourself with care of these types of leaven.
In Mark chapter, chapter 8, verse 15, the Lord charged the disciples saying, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, some people have understood this, the leaven of Herod, as being in lieu, in the place of the leaven, the leaven of the Sadducees. But I don't think that is the case. No. The leaven of Herod, in its own right, is entirely something different from the leaven of the, the Sadducees. Even though the Sadducees in the Bible were also sympathetic and friendly to the Herodians. So we now have three types of leaven. The leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, religiosity, and traditions of men. The leaven of the Sadducees, which is also hypocrisy, religiosity, and carnality. We have the leaven of Herod, which is perfidy. Perfidy is a very deep word, which means which combines things like lies, deceitfulness, seduction, uh, 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 and things like that. So that's the leaven of Herod. Perfidy, deceitfulness, wickedness, hatred, vainglory, and immorality. So today, dear brethren, we will be focusing a little bit more on the leaven of Herod, but for the sake of clarity, it's important that we continue to say something to clarify the notion of leaven itself. As I've said before, the context in both Matthew 16 and Mark 8 is one of lack of bread and faith. The Lord used that context in order to warn the disciples of the risk of consuming external agents, external agents, that's what leaven is. Leaven is an external agent that affects, that corrupts a substance, both in appearance and in the material itself, in the substance itself. So the Lord was warning the disciple to stay away Okay, so uh, what I was saying, uh, I beg your pardon, dear brothers and listeners online. What I was saying that this was, this is a challenging topic for me because it's one of uh, those things where you need to look into history to try and understand what is going on with certain characters. Because just with this short passage here, it's very, very, very difficult, and we shall see that Herod's leaven, the understanding of Herod's leaven, is scattered all over the place. So we we need to put to to put to get to pull together so many passages in order to come to an understanding of what is in question here. So the leaven of Herod, it is unbiblical. Unchristian, ungodly, 
in every sense. In every sense. You know, dear brethren, we live in a time where there is a conflict between, between God's led morality and what is known as ethics. 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 Ethics is not God-led morality. No. Ethics is something else. I've just learned that ethics is a set of rules. So people agree on a set of rules. And they say, this is what we are going to obey. And I learned that morality is rather a a, a, a guideline is a guideline of principles. So it's set in order for people to work on them and it's meant to transform and to influence one's life. You see, nowadays we're living in a context of what? Of what is known as a shame culture. A shame. I can do anything provided I'm not caught, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not caught up in action. But in the Judeo-Christian tradition, we have what is known as the guilt, the guilt culture, which means even though I'm not caught up in action, but I believe and I am aware that there is someone who sees what I'm doing and my conscience inwardly is also accusing me. But nowadays that is gone. Now is the shame culture. You see politicians will do, will do things provided they are not exposed, provided they are not caught up in action and they will get away of it. So the conscience is no longer working. It's all about being caught up in action or not. So the leaven of Herod involves what? The leaven of Herod involves an exaltation of the some civil laws above God's law. Beware of that fact. To exalt the laws of the land above the law of God. Where well, the law of the land is good, but when it contradicts the, word, the, the, the laws of, of the Lord God, then we have a problem there. We have to be where. And that too represents the leaven of Herod. Initially, the leaven of Herod is political. Is political. Because Herod is more interested, is more preoccupied by his power. You know, when he heard in Matthew chapter 2 that a new king was born, Jesus Christ was born, he was so disturbed, he lost sleep, and he wanted to destroy the, the, the child Jesus because he was more interested in maintaining his power. So the leaven of Herod is firstly a political thing. <clears throat> Uh, 
Well, it's it's always a good thing to have uh, Christians who go into politics if the Lord allows them to, to do so. We had people like David, we had Joseph, we had Daniel and his companions who were also politicians, God-fearing politicians. It's good because politicians, because Christians can influence things as well for good and in the name of the Lord God Almighty if they are appointed and allowed by God to do so. But increasingly, increasingly, we all under intense pressure. For those working in the public sector, there are jobs and roles that become very, very difficult for Christians to perform. Because some authority, some people are using the law in order to make Christians uncomfortable, completely uncomfortable. And that trend is likely, not likely, is certainly going to be reflected sooner or later in the private sector as well. I have no doubt about that. Winston Churchill once said, if you will not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you will not fight when your victory will be sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all odds against you and only a precarious chance to survive. There may be even a worse fate. You may have to fight when there is no hope of victory, because it is better to perish than to live as slave. End of quote from Winston Churchill. So dear friends, we are called to fight spiritually now. The time for spiritual battle is now, but we have to do that prudently and wisely. We know that one day the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not there yet, but one day that will happen. At the moment we are alien in a foreign land, our heavenly, our, 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 our final destiny, our home is in heaven where Jesus is, but we are called to fight with him. In fact, the battle is the Lord's. We are called to do so wisely. One day the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus, according to Revelation 11 verse 15. The leaven of the Pharisees is pretension of sanctity, but inwardly corruption and unholiness. The leaven of Herod is deceitfulness, immorality, and wickedness. Well, in the Bible, we also have other very hostile groups in the Bible. And we can easily identify those hostile groups in the New Testament. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the scribes, the Zealots, etc. And I believe all these have their equivalent in today's, in, 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 in today's life, uh, in contemporary life. Let's focus a little bit more on the Herodians because we're talking about the leaven of Herod. Herodians were a Jewish political party. 
they sympathized with Herods, all the Herods, because there were many Herods. In the general policy of the government, in social customs, etc., the Herodians introduced strange belief. Because of the ruling of Herod, the Jewish people were led to ignore, to even avoid the laws of God. So the laws of the Lord God was now confined in a private arena. In scattered among across few festivals here and there. But not in the political arena. Not in the public arena. And when the Romans were judging on those matters, they were saying, oh, you high priest, go and judge these matters because they are your traditions. So the law of God was no longer to be treated, to be lived in the public arena, in the political arena. No, it was now a private matter. And I can see the current situation moving toward that trend. So the Pharisees represented legalism, religion, worldly priesthood, salvation by work. Because you see, the difference between biblical Christianity and cult and the world religion, the difference is that all the world religion and cult, they all have an worldly headquarter, which I called a earthly priesthood. They all preach salvation through works. But the Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. It's not by work. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. The Sadducees promoted self-righteousness. Secular humanism. They did not believe in anything spiritual. Actually, they even rejected and denied the resurrection. It, oh, it was all about self. Self-actualization, self-esteem. It was all about self. And the Bible says that in the latter days, people will be lovers of themselves. And I'm thinking of the word selfie. <laughs> now, the Herodians, they were liars. They were deceivers. They were those who actively suppressed the truth in unrighteousness by the means of political power. They abused the political power. They harassed the church. They killed the believers. In fact, Herod killed James. He put Peter into prison. They arrested John the Baptist. They actually beheaded John the Baptist and exchanged John the Baptist's life with uh, uh, a, a few steps of dancing from Herodias' daughter, as you may remember. Now, how do all these things happen? Well, these things happen because of an intensive activity of demons. The Bible speaks of doctrines of demons. Demons are at work. Demons are at work. Demons go to the kings of this earth in order to gather them against the Holy One. 
please turn with me to Revelation chapter 16. That Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter, chapter 16 from verse 13 to verse 14. Revelation 16 verse 16 verse 13 to 14. <clears throat> And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So this is what I'm referring to. You see, these kings, these rulers, this ungodly authority who are not God-fearing people are influenced by demons and evil spirits. And by those spirits, the whole world is gathering in the name of so-called tolerance, diversity, so-called love to unite against the Holy One and against His people. So the Herodians, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees were all united against Jesus Christ. And we read in the book of Acts, I think it's Acts chapter 4, 27, I think it is, um, uh, the whole world, both the Israelites, the Gentiles, Herod, and, 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 and Pontius Pilate, they were all united in the killing of the Holy One. That's the context in which we're living. All led by the leaven of Herod. Hatred against God. Power hunger. Deceitfulness etc. We know from Revelation 13, which we won't read now, but from Revelation 13, we read about the coming one world religion, which will be maintained and led by the false prophets. We read about the coming one world uh, uh, system through a new world order which will be led by the Antichrist, that's in Revelation 13, we won't go into that now. But everything is coming together, the religious side and the political side of things coming together to unite against the Holy One. And Herod and his descendants have played a key role in this agenda. Herod is a very, uh, very, very, I would say, worrying and dangerous character. In fact, the name Herod is cited 30, 41 times in the Bible. 41 times. The Apostle James is only 39 times. Herod is a prominent anti-Christian, I would say, he was an antichrist as well, a type of the coming antichrist, Herod was. 
His origin, we won't go into that. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm very conscious that uh, because of the technical problem here, uh, it's a bit uh, inconvenient for you. Apologies for that. Uh, I will uh, uh, make the script available for you. So you, you, you will have access to the script, the full teaching uh, in writing, uh, so that you can see uh, some of the things uh, I've been um, hesitating on because of the inconvenience of technology. And sorry about that once again. But one key element is that Herod is believed to be a descendant of Edom. And we know that Esau, Jacob's brother, was the father of the Edomites. So it is believed that Herod was an Edomite. And we know about this uh, endemic hatred uh, of, 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 of Esau toward Jacob. In fact, somewhere in the Bible, I think it's in Malachi, maybe the Bible says God had loved Jacob and hate, hated uh, 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 Esau. We know that Esau had a very, very, I would say, a, a deep hatred toward Jacob. Would it be that fact that would justify the kind of hatred Herod had against Jesus Christ and his followers? There is a big controversy around the origins of Herod. But in any case, wherever you look, he is a character who really, really was detrimental against the Holy One and his believers. Remember, when Rebekah was pregnant, the Lord told, uh, uh, told uh, Jacob that in Rebekah's womb, there were two nations, two people. You see, now we have Jacob, who is the father of Israel, and the other nation would be Esau, the father of the Edomite. In fact, Esau went to look for his wife to Ishmael, to the people of Ishmael. So all put together to increase hatred against Jacob. So now you have all, the, all two nations fighting. I remember one good brother saying that old enemies will always be enemies today. In the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, we have this prophecy, we have this word of God telling the serpent that there will be enmity between the serpent and the woman, between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. So this reality between Jacob and Esau is a perpetuation of that greatest conflict. And Herod will play a key role in that conflict. Well, in the Bible, you have many Herods. But we have four of them who are the most prominent one. You have Herod the first. Or Herod the Great, you have um, Herod Achelius, Herod Philip, Herod Antipas. Again, I won't be, I won't go into much details. We have notes 
and study this for yourself. According to one of the greatest Israelite historian named Josephus, Herod was the greatest tyrant ever lived on this earth. Do you remember how he killed the little boys two years and, and below? Just because he wanted to maintain to keep his power, he killed the children. In Acts chapter, chapter 4, verse 27, we learn that Herod, Pilate, Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all gathered together against Jesus Christ. We live in the same context today. Well, let's do our final reading in Matthew chapter 2. That will be our final reading. That's in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 8 and 12 to 16. Matthew chapter 2. <clears throat> now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, notice all the religious people, and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. That's the perfidy I've been talking about. That's the deceitfulness I've been talking about. Verse 12 to 16. 12 to 16. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And went and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly hungry. 
and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its district from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. You see, that's the wickedness, that's the deceitfulness of Herod. In Acts chapter 12, 1 to 3, another Herod came into play. He stretched out his hand and harassed some from the church. He killed James. He arrested and put Peter into prison. He killed all the people who were guarding Peter in prison. That's the leaven of Herod. Hatred. Wickedness. But God will always have the final say. This Herod who harassed the church, who killed James, who put Peter in prison, died himself of a very violent death. In fact, he was struck by an angel of the Lord because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and he died. The Bible says then, the word of God grew and multiplied. You see, no one will win. Only God will win in the end. Nobody can stop the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass, but the word of God will never pass by no means. All the heralds have passed. The word of God has stayed, growing, and bringing salvation to people, the good news of God. Finally, immorality. Beware of the leaven of Herod. Immorality. Herod was immoral. Immoral. He lived for 73 years. And during that time, he had 15 children, but he married 10 wives. 10 wives. Over a period of 33 years, he married 10 wives. He executed some of his own wives. He married some of his nieces, his brother's daughters. He married cousins. There were, he, one Herod even killed his own son, who was to succeed him on the throne. So that's what Herod represents. In conclusion, the leaven of Herod can be identified as all kind of unrighteousness, ungodliness, perfidy, immorality, adultery, incest, confusion, wickedness, hatred. Herod and all who represent them spiritually have played a key role in the hand of the enemy against God and his people in relation to the greatest conflict as foretold in Genesis 3.15. The battle is ever raging at the moment. And we should not allow the leaven of Herod to rule in the church or in our homes or in our hearts. We also need to remain spiritually alert, vigilant, to watch prayerfully or to pray watch, watchfully. Let's remain vigilant and spiritually alert in order to discern the ways of the Lord instead of taking things upon ourselves and acting unwisely. We are called to respect the authority because they are established by God. Unless we are put before options 
to choose between God and something else or someone else. May the Lord help us to truly live for him and to, and, 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 and to avoid and put away every kind of leaven, whether Pharisees, Sadducees, or Herods. Let our light shine before men, that they may see our good deeds and praise our Heavenly Father. Dear brethren, let's beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees, and of Herod. Thank you very much for your listening. Once again, apologies for the inconvenience, and let's close in prayer. Loving Father, we want to say thank you and to bless you, Lord, for your words. We thank you, Lord, that we've been able to communicate in the end, Lord, in spite the glitch, the inconvenience, Lord. We just give all the glory to you and bring our hearts unto you and pray that, Lord, you will continue to keep us, Lord, to grow in your grace, to be discerning in this end time. Yes, to be obedient and respectful with the authority, but, Lord, to be discerning of your ways and to know what to do when we are put, Lord, before the choice between you and something or someone else. Lord, I commit the whole congregation of the believers unto your holy hands. Keep us, Lord, for you are faithful. Bless us, Lord, as we depart, as we embark for a new week. Grant us victory by the Holy Spirit. We commit, Lord, our lives and our family unto your holy hands. Also praying for our brethren who are currently ill and praying that, Lord, you will raise them up by the power of your Holy Spirit and your grace. All this we ask in the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.